Hey friend, can I read you this sweet review Miss Dolly left? It's entitled, A Must Listen. You guys, this lovely lady is where it's at. She gets down to the nitty gritty of what it takes to be an authentic, joyful, purposeful human being in this beautiful but challenging world. Week after week, she puts herself out there for her listeners with such sincerity, humor, charm, and super helpful insights that it's become the highlight of my week. I cannot recommend this podcast enough Thank you, Hillary. And thank you guys. You are truly the highlight of my week when you take just a moment to leave a review. I am so honored to spend this time with you week after week. And if you would hit pause, swipe up, leave five stars if you love this podcast, I would be incredibly grateful as we dive in to today's show. Fancy a cuppa? Well, come on then. You're welcome. What was that? You're welcome. With Hillary Rushford. Say it again. You're welcome. In advance. Hey, love, hey. I hope you had a beautiful week last week. If you are here in the US where we had Thanksgiving, whether you were with family as we were incredibly blessed to be able to, or you were away from loved ones, I hope that you had a sweet and special season and are feeling perhaps a little bit rested after some time off. I'm really honored to have this conversation today that is one y'all have asked for for a long time. Have I done or will I do a story of the behind the scenes of how I got started in business? About half of my audience, I would say, are fellow entrepreneurs or aspiring. And so it's a really common question whenever we're pursuing something. How did somebody else do it? How did they get started? It feels so daunting to begin something new, to pursue something. And even if entrepreneurship is not what you have in mind for your future, I think it is fascinating to hear the behind the scenes of how someone else got started. And I'm confident there will be inspiration aplenty for you today for whatever your future endeavors are. But if you are considering entrepreneurship or are an entrepreneur, You will notice I mention my Elegant Excellence Mastermind a lot when I scan back over the notes that I made for today's episode because I don't want people to feel discouraged listening. If you don't have the money that I had at times to invest or the invitation that I got for something, I never want to share my story unless I can really invite you into it. And that's the very reason that I created the Elegant Excellence Mastermind, because I knew that there were so many plot points in my story that other people were struggling to replicate and felt a little bit out of their reach. And inclusivity is just my great joy of my heart. It is what I am all about is trying to make things more inclusive, more accessible for other people. And therefore, it is why I create almost everything I've created on the entrepreneur side, as well as my heart behind style is that whatever your age or uh, body type or personal style that you are welcome, you know, in feeling beautiful and the same when I approach entrepreneurship. So what I'm going to share today are five phases of my story, and they are what's next, just start, no idea what I'm doing, (laughs) something's got to give, and elegant excellence, and then I have a takeaway for you in each one of them. So my phase one, I titled what's next, because that's really where entrepreneurship began for me, and I think a lot of us are in this phase in life. Maybe we've ended a relationship, or uh, we are feeling like we want to have a career change. Maybe we have gotten a degree of some sort. And for me, I had a really successful career in musical theater that I loved, but I knew there was something next. I felt like I was kind of at the ceiling of what I could accomplish there. I also knew that it wasn't going to be something I was still doing into my 50s. And I always thought that I was going to go on and be a professor. 
and teach at a university. I was looking at graduate schools at the time, looking to get my MFA, maybe move over to London and go to school over there. And I actually heard Michelle Obama on the Today Show. This was a little bit after the recession and someone, people were submitting questions for her. And one of them was, what do we do if our jobs are gone? This was the recession of 2008. What do we do if our jobs are gone and they aren't coming back? And she said, I think you need to pivot to something else, basically. You need to get trained in something else. You need to accept that the market has changed and those jobs aren't coming back. And it just really got me thinking, I, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't have been a theater major in college. And therefore, is anyone really going to want to hire me as a professor at a liberal arts college if I say to the dean of the theater department, I really don't think that any of our students should be majoring in theater. I think they should get a degree in something else and then pursue theater if they want to, but also have that degree in something else. And so I just started really questioning, do I want to help another generation? It's not that I don't believe in the arts and I love that I had my theater career and I absolutely think we should pursue that. But honestly, I wished at times that I'd had a degree in public relations or marketing or something else so that in between my miserable, the the miserable day jobs I was doing in between performing, I could have maybe been doing something more substantive. I've just always been academic and straight A student and all of that. And so to have these really mind-numbing jobs, catering and temping and answering phones and things like that, they just didn't fill me up. And that for me was one of the hardest parts of theater was all of that in-between jobs. So I had done the Radio City Rockettes for four or five seasons. And then one year I was not uh, cast in it the next year. And so going into the holiday season, I thought, I just don't want to do catering. I just can't. I just hated that job so much. And it's the number one thing that actors do, waiting tables or catering. And so I went ahead and accepted a temp job just so that I could have something that was not that and just was in an office. So because I was in this miserable day job, it actually created the space for me to start thinking about what was next. And sometimes those stuck places are actually a waiting room, an incubator for us to percolate on what is next. If I had been away at Rockettes and been blessed to be cast in that show yet another time, I would have still been in that headspace. I would have still been thinking about theater and I would have been busy with the show. But because there was a closed door, I had space to sit and think about what was next. And because I chose a job where I just sat at a desk and didn't really do anything all day, I had more time than ever to really percolate on it. And I had more time than ever in front of a computer. Blogs were still new-ish at the time. I really hadn't read them. You know, we're talking pre-Instagram And I never had time really to be on the computer. I was at auditions. I was in dance class. I was catering. And so now that I sat at a desk and barely did anything, I was in the human resources and payroll department of an Upper East Side real estate company, quite literally shuffling papers. And so I was reading all of these style blogs. And I sent an email about some of the, there was two girls I had a crush on, uh, a blogger crush. And I sent them to my girlfriends. It's like, oh my gosh, aren't these girls adorable? I just love them. And my girlfriends wrote back and were like, she really reminds me of you. That's kind of the way you dress. And that had never occurred to me. I do not ever recall seeing myself as someone who was stylish, who had style knowledge. I didn't feel that I was complimented by others on that. It was not at all on my radar. I never thought I wanted a career in fashion, anything like that. 
But that one little email, a couple of encouragements percolated the idea, huh, and that's about all that it went from there. And then a friend sent me a blog post about vision casting for your future, exercises for the new year to kind of, um, you know, the, the sorts of things that now are in the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal, where we just really are vision casting and all of that. And it's one of the reasons why I'm so passionate about it, because this one blog post exercise that got sent to me was my next little drop in the bucket, my next aha of, wait a minute, this girl who I'm reading this blog post of, she was also in theater and she also doesn't have a degree in anything. And now she runs this company and she gets to be creative. And suddenly I got this vision that I had never had before. I'd never known the word entrepreneur. Or if I did, I thought it was like tech guys in Silicon Valley and dot coms. I wasn't thinking this is women like me who may have had a previous creative career, be performers, no business background. And it was just a couple of really tiny breadcrumbs that led me to go, you know what? Maybe I could start something like this as my side gig to replace the catering and the temping. Now, at the time, my temp job, which I had through tears accepted as a full-time job because I, I didn't have any option other than why would I have turned it down? I didn't have any other work, but oh my gosh, I did not want to take this job. I paid $35,000 a year, which also in New York City is, you know, if you're listening to this and you live in Ohio, that's a lot more money. So I just thought if I could make that amount of money working for myself, if I, I could, I was barely getting by on that. And I thought if I could make like $50,000 a year working for myself, I would feel like the queen of the world. I mean, that would just be phenomenal. And so it just was those initial little breadcrumbs of what if I could start something like this on the side? And I think that that's so important to point out because I think now that there are so many examples of entrepreneurship, it actually can make it more complex for us. Like a girlfriend of mine, she has watched so many colleagues over the years start businesses and succeed at them. And I've said to her, I almost feel like you have watched too many babies be delivered. You have been in the delivery room too many times and you were scarred from the experience. And now that it is your time to give birth, you've seen too much. You know, sometimes ignorance really is bliss. If you don't know everything that goes down, you just get in there. You really want the baby. The adrenaline powers you through the unmedicated live birth. You get the baby at the end. All the happy baby juices make you forget what was happening. But if you're just a bystander through all of that, through all the screaming, through all of the contractions, I would imagine it could be a little traumatizing, right? If that's not your professional job in there as a nurse, nor if you are the mom. So I feel like now a lot of aspiring entrepreneurs, it's like you've seen so much. You have so many examples. You have so many paths. It looks like so many people are already doing it and so many people are succeeding. I actually think there was a benefit to the ignorance is bliss that I didn't have these grand visions that I was going to you know, run a million dollar company or have all these Instagram followers or I didn't really know what the plan was. I just kind of started, which takes us to phase two, which I have entitled Just Start. Because that, my friend, if you are listening and you are considering entrepreneurship, is my number one best piece of advice. Honestly, one of the smartest things I did in hindsight, I didn't realize I was doing it at the time, but again, I think because ignorance is bliss, I just started. I didn't have so many examples ahead of me to overthink and overanalyze and get in my own way. 
I just went ahead and did it. I came up with the name Dean Street Society. I registered the URL. I did a Google search for personal stylists in Brooklyn, New York. And I found this one mom's forum where moms were talking about, has anybody had a stylist? And half the women were like, just go to Barney's and they'll give you one for free. And the other half of women were like, yeah, I don't really shop at Barney's. I was more talking about like my clothes from Old Navy and J. Crew. And so guys, without a website, I just left a comment on this mom's forum. I was like, hi, my name's Hillary. I live in Parksville, Brooklyn, and um, I have a new company as a stylist. I, I help real women with real budgets, you know, create meaningful style within their means. And I have nannied for families in the neighborhood so I can provide references from other moms. I had no website. I had no clients. I had nothing, but I also had nothing to lose. I was not overthinking. And now what I hear from my students is this, I mean, you're spending six months thinking about what your first post is going to be on Instagram. And I just left a comment. And within 24 hours, I had two clients. And I burst into tears. I was like, okay, God, this is a sign. Like you are flinging open the door that I have I have no experience. I have no website. I just came up with this idea a couple of weeks ago and I already have two clients. It was such an aha for me. And then working with those two clients gave me clarity. One was absolutely not who I wanted to work with and the other one was totally who I wanted to work with. And when I went, she wrote me a check at the end and she was like, tell me how much it is again. And when I told her, she was like, that's it. And I realized, okay, this was a this was my very first client working with them. But I have something here. Like this is affirmation. And that is all you need. I didn't know all the people in the world. I didn't have all the clients. I just started working with one person who was like, this is amazing. Oh, and PS, this is really affordable for what this is. I feel like I got you know, greater value. I did one photo shoot. I gathered up my friends and asked them to be my models for free. I uh, you know, hired a photographer from my church who worked at a you know, discounted price for me. I did one photo shoot so that I had some professional photos to launch a website with. I spent months in tears trying to figure out how to build a website. Tech has always been my kryptonite. It is not my strong suit. Um, I had no idea what he was doing. I mean, imagine again, I'm going to auditions. I'm catering. My life is not revolving around the internet. I don't think we even had iPhones back then. Like, we're not talking smartphones. I know this sounds like the, you know, the, the stone age when you say it like that today. But I was not someone who was on the computer all the time. And so I honestly remember just sitting at my kitchen table in tears, just sobbing because I could not figure out how to build a website. Thankfully, I found Squarespace. Not an ad for Squarespace, but at the time, that was the most amazing. Now there's a lot of other kind of drag and drop website builders, which are phenomenal. But it was, that's just, I, I always remember to point that out because that's not to say everything was easy and just fell into place. Some things did, some things didn't. Pick a name for your company, get a URL, post on a forum, book two, two clients, get a photo shoot, boom, 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 making things happen. Go to build a website, spend four months crying in your kitchen. You know, like that kind of sums up entrepreneurship. Some things are going to be easier than you think. If you just leap, then that will appear. Other things are going to, you know, defeat you and deflate you and make you feel really exhausted. In the midst of all of this, I went, I was still working my day job. I was doing this on nights and weekends, and I went on one audition on my lunch break. Ended up booking the job and uh, took it so that I could go away for the summer, be performing, which is obviously great. It was a tap show. I love tap. And um, then um, while I was there, I did a 
sort of a course slash journal program. It was kind of like Elegant Excellence Journal and Creative Business Accelerator. One of the things that I remember in creating the Elegant Excellence Mastermind and specifically this new version for 2021, which uses my course Creative Business Business Accelerator as one of our foundations, was remembering in the beginning just how, what a lifeline it was to have something to be working through whenever I had time, whenever I feel in, felt inspired, to have something to kind of go through and be completed and had a lot of experts in it, as does the mastermind. It was, you know, part strategy, part dreaming, part organization, all the things that over the years I've ended up putting into the mastermind. So I did that over the summer and kind of came up with some visions. I worked one last miserable catering job at the US Open, a cocktail waitress job that I did for years that I absolutely hated, but it made me $2,000 in two weeks, which was so much money for me. Um, So if $2,000 is a lot for you, I get it. And I hated this job so much, my stomach would be in knots all summer, just Ugh, I just wanted anything in the world to come along so that I didn't have to do that. I would sleep on the floor uh, of a stranger's apartment off Craigslist on a futon mattress, like not even a bed, because I only got a few hours of sleep a night anyways, and she lived you know, a couple subway stops away from the uh, the tennis center. Oh, I just hated that job so much, I can't even tell you. But while I was doing that the last time, I launched my website, and I was just determined, and I told myself – this is the last time I'm going to feel this small, this miserable. I'm going to be treated this rudely. I am like, oh, I just, I can't even describe how much I hated that job. People were just so awful to you. Really, really wealthy people in these private suites. Really, really condescending and entitled and all of the things. So posted my first blog post while I was there and posted on Facebook. Hey, I've launched a business as a stylist. And that was it. I didn't have any social media following. I was not a social butterfly. I didn't have more friends than the average person. I just shared it with the people that I had. I just posted on Facebook like anyone could do today on social media, sending it out to your email list. And my first clients were just uh, friends of friends or acquaintances, someone I worked a catering gig with one time, the guy I went to high school with you know, years before and hadn't talked to since. I mean, people that I would never have occurred to me would hire me as a stylist suddenly came out of the woodwork. No matter what it is that you're offering, you have no idea the people who are already in your life that would want to hire you for that. And they already have a no like, and trust of you. They are more likely to hire you than someone that they find off of the internet, off of Google, because they actually know who you are. So you do not need to build a following before you put out there what you do in the world. That was, was phase two to me was just start. Phase three, I've called no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> um, it is a blur those first few years. I mean, I would imagine, I, I always say that entrepreneurship is like being a single parent of triplets, where it's just, you know, there's there's a lot of crying. There's a lot of lack of sleep. It's all kind of chaotic. You don't really remember. You're just trying to keep everybody alive and, you know, feed yourself and all of that. So that phrase for me, or, or phase for me rather, I started off doing one-on-one coaching and then I, maybe a year or so in, I created my style class. The style class really opened things up for me and that's why I created my Creative Business Accelerator as a program that's part of the mastermind because I know how valuable it is to help people create a course, create it quickly and easily. Uh, the way that I teach you to create a course inside of that course, very meta, um, 
is to be able to do it without spending three months, six months, all of this time, money, and energy building something up only to find out that no one wants it. You actually sell it before you create it, which is exactly what I did with my first program. I didn't even realize the, the genius in doing that. I think I just, I needed the money. And so many of my decisions in business were, I need money. Or I just can't stand this this day job. They just came out from a place of pain that forced me to leap. And I think if you are more comfortable today, if you have a day job that you don't hate that much, if you, you know, you, you need a little bit more money, when we're not really in pain, that's when we can get more into, well, but I could fail. And what would people think? And what if I do it wrong? Maybe I should just research more. I should wait a little. I should overanalyze a little. And we keep putting these things off. I think one of the things that I had going for me is I had so little money. I had so little to lose. I was so desperate that a lot of times I I could not afford to overanalyze. And so I would just leap. So I've got my styling business. And yet I'm realizing that half the questions I'm getting are about business. How are you growing your business? How are you growing your Instagram following? How are you creating your marketing graphics? A a myriad of things. And so I ended up teaching a ton of last minute live classes when I just needed to pay the rent in two weeks. And I would say, what what are people asking me about? What two hour paid masterclass can I throw out there? And I would just announce on Facebook and to my tiny little email list and I would make enough money to help me pay my $1,200 of rent that month. Again, wisdom that went into creating Creative Business Accelerator because it was that those fast iterations of throwing little classes up without spending months creating them to see which one stuck. I think I had like 13 workshops that I had come up with. Some of them I never taught again. Some of them, fast forwarding, uh, spoiler alert, became multi-million dollar products. In this time, I took a business class that was $2,000 and it was $250 a month over four months. I did not have that money. I put it on my credit card. And in hindsight, this really only became apparent to me after I created my Creative Business Accelerator class this summer. And I started to get feedback from my students who had gone through it that said, this is, again, guys, a lot of the things that I do, some of it is intentional brilliance and some of it is accidental genius. This was accidental genius with Creative Business Accelerator that So many of you said, this was so much more effective than any other course that I've taken because it was more like grad school than college. I realize now that $2,000 course that I took that I then have, have recommended to a lot of my students that go through, it's more like college in that you're consuming a lot of content. You're learning a lot, but you're not doing a lot. So you're sitting in class and you're learning but then you have to go home and and do the homework. And so a lot of these classes I've realized that are $2,000, $3,000, they have so much content in them, but you aren't creating as you go. And what I did within Creative Business Accelerator is we learn something and then we immediately go and do it. And then we move on to the next step. So you've launched your course or product when you're only halfway through the course. We don't watch a whole course and then suddenly you have two months of work ahead of you and you can't actually do it that quickly. And it's the same thing that I've implemented for 2021 in the Elegant Excellence Mastermind. So we have a masterclass and then the next week we have a work session where we come back. So we do a 90 minute masterclass and then we all hop on Zoom, same time, same place next week. And we have a a 90-minute work session where we just wave, we say hello, 
We put ourselves on silent and we get the stuff done because that way, if you can just carve out 90 minutes a week for me, I can move you forward in progress all throughout the year without distracting from what else you have going on. Because a lot of times, you know, in business, you're doing your own launch. You have your own things that are happening and a course comes along you want to be a part of. You don't have 20 hours a week to be dedicating to a course and, and creating the website the exact week that they want you to create the website because you got something else going on. And so for me, I really want to create things where I make space for you as you're going. We're actually going to make things happen. You're not just going to listen and learn. You're actually going to do and accomplish. So I realized actually that there was a better way, is that a better thing that I could create for people who had, you know, $250 a month to invest in something that was going to leave them less overwhelmed and really hold their hand through the process. But being in that community, I made friends. I got to know people in the industry, and that led to more clients and connections and all of that. And I loved being in that community, but it was very big. It was a really huge community at the time, and especially these days, they tend to be even bigger than they were at the time, you know, 10,000 people. So it's really easy to get lost in the shuffle. And I wanted someone's, I wanted more help. I wanted to be in a mastermind. But I just couldn't afford it. I remember one time um, there was a, a woman named Natalie. And I kind of wanted to be in her program. But I went to the website and it didn't have the price listed. You had to apply first. And I was just too nervous to apply because I was like, I, I just guarantee I'm not going to be able to afford this. And then I'm going to be embarrassed having to tell her that I can't afford it. Or she's going to try to like twist my arm into joining and, you know, tell me how amazing it is. And I just can't afford it. So personally, that's why I always list my prices up front. Same thing for the mastermind. I tell you right there how much it is, how affordable it is. I make sure that it is not something like $10,000 that, you know, people are nowhere near being able to afford. And I've gotten them all excited wanting to say yes. And then they realize, oh my gosh, this is not even in my ballpark. So I was so blessed though, that through that community I had been a part of, that $2,000 course I'd invested in, a couple years later, I got invited into a self-organized mastermind, which meant it was about 12 of us, uh, female entrepreneurs. It was free because everyone was just self-organizing. However, it was really not ideal <laughs> because there was so much flipping drama. In hindsight, it was like, it was a little bit like being in a Real Housewives show sometimes. Like, and that is just not my vibe. I do not enjoy drama. I do not like, ugh, I just don't do well with that at all. And I think you just get a lot of strong-willed women in a room. Everyone has different opinions about how often should we meet? Which time should we meet? When should we go on retreats? Should we be able to bring spouses? Should we, how should this work? There was just constant negotiation over the way it worked. And I realized the amount of energy I expended on like the political side of that mastermind was not worth it compared to if I had invested a couple thousand dollars, if, if a low price point mastermind had been available then, which it wasn't. But if I could have invested a few thousand dollars in just having all those decisions made and just be able to get the meat out of it. And if there was actually curriculum in it, because there wasn't actually, you know, I was just asking people my questions, but it wasn't actually a course that I was being walked through. However, there were definitely benefits that came out of being in that. Number one, I got to see that people were struggling a lot more financially than I realized. Now, I don't want to say this is a silver lining as I would never want someone to be struggling financially. 
But it really was eye-opening to me that I realized these were women. I was the youngest one in the group in terms of my business. I was the most green. I like couldn't believe these people wanted to let me into their mastermind. These were women I totally looked up to and and still do. I have great respect for them. But I had no idea that these women I was looking up to were barely making money behind the scenes. And that it just kind of really rocked me because I thought these are the women I'm trying to be like and they are barely getting by. So how am I going to do this any different? So that is one of the reasons why, again, I wanted to create something like the mastermind where I could really be transparent about finances. It's why you hear me talk every once in a while about the, the revenue that my company makes and also the the kind of markers that show what my real walk is behind the scenes. You know, I, I want people to know I am not in debt. I am profitable. You can see the gorgeous apartment that we live in in New York City. I share, and my husband is okay with me sharing, that I make more money for than he does. It is not because I have a wealthy spouse that is paying for this. Um, and I think to me that is just so important to share, you know, I share times when I'm working more than I want to. I share times when I'm resting and I'm with my family because I think that there are a lot of people that are pretty crazy behind the scenes and it looks a lot easier on Instagram. And if we want to aspire to be like them and then we get there and we realize, oh my gosh, I thought it was going to feel easier. I thought they were more profitable. I've had so many friends, even in other areas of small business, look up to people and then realize, oh my gosh, they were barely getting by. So I share that a lot. Second silver lining from it was I did receive so many resources from being in community. And it is why I am so passionate that we should not be doing entrepreneurship alone. Why I created the mastermind, having those people to introduce me to other people, like uh, two of our guest experts in the mastermind, uh, actually three of them, my controller, who's like a CFO for a small small business that doesn't have a full-time CFO, my HR consultant, and my financial planner, All three of those have been experts in my mastermind in 2020. They've all been with me for four to five years now, and they all came out of personal recommendations from being in a mastermind with just 12 other women. I have no idea. I didn't even know that these things existed. It would never have occurred to me to get a financial planner for myself at that time. I didn't know HR consultants existed for entrepreneurs. I didn't know what a controller was. I didn't know the difference between a controller and a bookkeeper. I would have never known oh, my business is too big now for a bookkeeper. It's time to up-level. I needed to be around people that could inform me and tell me about that. I have, Again, I have no business background. I had no friends doing this. I didn't know any of these things. And then the third great blessing from it is that those women started to point out when I needed more help, when I needed to hire a coach. So the mastermind, as I said, was only community. And I wished that I could have had that that medium-sized community with a real leader and an actual content that was in it as opposed to one-off people saying, this is what worked for me or this is my opinion over here or this is what I want to talk about this week. Again, why I created the Elegant Excellence Mastermind because I saw I only create things when there is a real, real gap in the market. I'm not saying other people need to do it that way. But for me, I just only get jazzed about creating things that that I really feel like I have something unique to say. It's maybe it's my Enneagram fourness that we need to be unique. That I just don't want to create something if I'm like, every people are already doing this. So to me, in creating the mastermind, it was there are you know 
30-person masterminds that are incredibly expensive. There are 10,000-person groups that are a couple of thousand dollars. Couldn't there be something in the middle? There are courses that are are limited time that you got to be there for the two months and you really got to prioritize that in your schedule or else the teacher is going to be gone when you have questions down the road. What if there wasn't that time scarcity? What if you had an entire year to get help so it was okay for you to say, you know what, someone in my family got sick this month and this was just not my month and you don't have to panic like well shoot this was the only time that I was you're gonna have access so phase four we've got two phases left phase four for me I'm calling something's gotta give and this was the end of 2014 for me I had told myself when I started that I could be crazy for three years I don't know where that came from that was just in my head that I knew it wasn't gonna be easy I wasn't expecting us oh, gonna be a piece of cake But I also just knew I didn't want a lifestyle of hustle and sprinting. That was not what I was signing up for. So for some reason, three years felt reasonable to me. Three and a half years in, there was just no end in sight. I was like, something's got to give. I can't keep doing it at this level. The controller, the financial person that I mentioned, I hired them in, I think, November. And they said, you have two months left and you're going to run out of money. And I was like, excuse me, I'm sorry, what? I only have two months of money left. I had no financial projections. I was literally taking a piece of paper and sketching out what I thought my finances were. I had no idea how to do it properly. There was so much that I wasn't taking into account. And at the same time, I just hired that business coach. I ended up spending $30,000 on my first coach over the next year. And I know that that is nowhere in the realm of what most people who are listening can afford to invest which again is why I was so passionate about creating the mastermind that was much more feasible. But as I had this wisdom from my controller and now I had this new business coach, he gave me the phrase, less is more. He was like, you are doing 13 revenue streams and so many of them are making barely any money. You are spread way too thin. So much of what we now talk about inside the Alec Maxwell's journal and the Alec Maxwell's mastermind. And so he plucked out of all of my products my... Uh, Instagram for business course. And I only realized this year in 2020, you know, he never asked about my mission. Like he knew I was a stylist. He knew style and beauty is why I got into this. But he, he literally just plucked that. He never had a conversation about what do you want to be on your tombstone? What do you want your legacy to be? Where do you want to be in five years or any of that? And it's why, again, I'm passionate about the Elegant Excellence Goals Journal because I think business advice, it has to be right for your whole life. Anyone can tell you something that they think is a wise plan, that they think is going to work, but is it really going to work for your personality, for your goals, for your passions, you know, et cetera. Now, I can't say that it was the wrong choice because that year in 2015, I 6X'd my revenue in one year. We went from making $200,000 as our company annual revenue, different than someone's take-home salary, conversation for Inside the Mastermind, but $200,000 as a company to $1.2 million by basically going from 13 revenue streams down to one. Why I am such a fan of simplification and continuing to dive into what works. However, the way that I 6X'd my revenue It was not a template that could rinse and repeat. That mastermind community that I was in, my mastermind sisters were agog. Like, oh my gosh, 
you're growing so fast. Your list is growing. Your Instagram is growing. Your revenue is growing. Like, tell us what you're doing and we're going to do it too. They tried to do the exact same thing that I was doing and it just didn't pop. Like, I don't know. It just, there was something about right place, right time, right message, right, right product, which is why I don't go out proselytizing that I've cracked the code on one revenue map or tell everyone to do exactly what I did. What I teach in the mastermind or what I teach in Creative Business Accelerator is not everybody needs to do a webinar, to an online course, to Facebook ads, da, 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 because I've seen that it just is not that cookie cutter. If it was, everyone would do it. Everyone would be making plenty of revenue. Plenty of people would have made, you know, plug and play templates. You can do this exact same thing. Just plug in your five unique steps to this. Swap out your photo on this ad and it'll work. To me, you know, everything we talk about here, even if you're not an entrepreneur and you're listening to this story, the theme throughout so much of what we talk about here on the podcast is the, the beauty of life the good, most important, richest things in life is their complexity. Art or love or style or business or relationships or morals or how we think we fix the world and all of those things is the complexity. And I in I don't enjoy the complexity. I would love for things to be simple, but I respect the complexity. I don't I don't have the stomach for cheesy, surfacey, oh, I've I've got the exact answer for how this works. And then you peel back one layer and you're like, oh, that didn't really work. So I don't give style tips that are like, people, you know, never wear horizontal stripes. Well, that's just, that's just a rule. That doesn't, you know, depends on a a variety of things. So um, that summer, I went to Italy. I stayed an Italian guy and I was in Milan and I read the book Essentialism. And it, changed my life. You've heard me talk about this book so much, New York Times bestselling, seller book by Greg McCowan. And it was just, it was like water in the desert. And it was all about simplify, do less, do less, do less. Same message that I'd gotten from my coach, but reading this whole book about it just really clicked for me. I was so tired. Remember, this was my end of my something's got to give phase. And I just clung to this idea, I am doing too much. I am overly stuffed full. And specifically, he talked about a story of someone who went on sabbatical. And that was the first time I knew about a sabbatical. My father is a professor, this uh, PhD, and he'd gone on sabbatical back when I was a kid. But it never occurred to me that it was something outside of a very formal uh, professor thing, that every seven years you get a sabbatical. And it was the first time that it occurred to me, just normal people could get burnt out and need a sabbatical to reset. So my final phase five is what I call elegant excellence. And the next year in 2016, I said to my controller, I want to make the same amount of money in while taking a, a vacation, in, while taking a sabbatical in the middle. I don't want to make more money. I would just want to do the same thing I'm doing while taking a little bit of a break in the mean meantime. And I try or, tried to hire a team to help me do this. I tried to hire some a a marketing team and anyways it was a disaster it's a story for another day that uh hiring delegating trusting people knowing if those people are good at what they say they are at 
it is hard and it is yet another reason why I created the mastermind so we could talk about those stories like that. And when you make mistakes, when you're beating yourself up that, oh, I'm so dumb, I should have known this, why did I trust these people? Or just that that rock in the hard place between I've got to delegate because I can't do it all myself, but ye gads, a lot of the delegating is going to cost a lot of time, money, energy, heart, and I'm going to feel like it's not worth it, but I know I got to keep going. All that stuff we can talk about if you are an entrepreneur. But I went away. I was supposed to go for six weeks. I realized three weeks in, I don't know what I was looking for, but I wasn't halfway to it. So I just didn't get on the plane in Paris. Ended up staying for four months. The last month, I was by myself in Nice, France. Sat down and came out with this phrase that I ended up calling elegant excellence. And it it really, in a nutshell, was the idea that I studied everything I could get my hands on, reading books, listening to podcasts, you know, all the things, watching documentaries, and everything came back to you control your mind, which I knew, but it was something you've heard, but what does that really mean? You control your thoughts, that it wasn't just if I could work harder, if I could get the perfect template, if I can get the perfect organization, that that I was kind of looking for something outside of me. Someone has this map and somehow it was within me. It was, and, and my coach had been really all about mindset, huge part of their business. So I'd heard that, but something just clicked where I realized Somehow this is more inside of me than I have been taking ownership of. And that really has been the journey now for the last four years is slowing down more, doing less, taking more ownership, paying more attention to my mind, uh, better understanding big picture strategy, and just peeling back the layers bit by bit by bit. I have so much more to learn in business. I have so much more to grow as a human. And there are many more stories I could share since then of new chapters and mistakes and great wins and regrets and blessings. But here's the five takeaways that I want you to hear from each of these phases. Phase one of what's next. The takeaway is you have more talent than you realize, but you have to start to see it. I think so many people look at other folks and think, I don't have enough talent. I couldn't be the next Hillary or whomever. I don't have it within me. You don't know until you start. You have to get in the pool in order to discover if you have any talent at swimming. You can't just watch other people swim and have done some breaststrokes on land and have made a determination as to whether or not you actually have a talent at swimming. And maybe everybody you're looking at is doing the breaststroke and it turns out you're really good at the backstroke, but you didn't figure out until you got in and you ruled out the breaststroke and you had to pivot and explore something else. Truly, I had no idea that I had all the ability that I did. I didn't think that I was so talented. I didn't realize I was good at marketing or business or I didn't realize that I had great style sense, any of that. I had to get in to both realize it and to develop it. I never could have become a brilliant swimmer if I was just standing on the sidelines. You have to actually get in the water. Phase two is just start. Really. Because fear and overwhelm is harder than being in the water learning. When you don't know how to swim, the idea of getting in the water sounds terrifying. So you stand on the edge and you try to observe everybody else. How can I do this business thing perfectly? How can I learn all that I can learn so I'm not, I'm going to mitigate the risk 
I'm not going to embarrass myself. I'm not going to have any regret. But that fear and overwhelm and perfection and overanalysis is actually so much more exhausting because there's no wins. The only wins happen once you get in the water. And then you go, okay, that was easier than I thought. That was faster than I thought. All right, that was a little dicey, but I figured it out. I'm, I'm growing in my lung capacity. My muscles are getting stronger. But all of that comes from actually doing Lesson from phase three of no idea what I'm doing is work with a coach, a community, and a course. I tried doing all three separate, really spread out and and disparate over the years. For the first time in 2021, I am bringing all of them together in Elegant Excellence Mastermind. With the new edition of Creative Business Accelerator as our foundation, we truly have this 12-month map that has all three of those things that were just pivotal for me over the years, but all told ended up costing me, you know, probably $45,000 to put all of those together. I'm putting them together, not in a way that they're competing, in a way that they're all supporting one another, in a way that is not overwhelming, it's not water hosing you with too much information to keep up with and at a super affordable price point. Phase four, something's got to give. My takeaway for you is that entrepreneurship is hard. That doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. And I still struggle with this. Whenever things are hard, I want to go to the self-shame, blame phase of, oh, I'm just not smart enough. I'm just not good enough. I'm sure so-and-so, fill-in-the-blank person that I look up to and hold on this high pedestal, they it would be easy for them. And yet when I actually talk with my colleagues behind the scenes, that's not the case. They have all the same insecurities. They have all the same ceilings and roadblocks. It might look different for them. It might come up at a different time in a different way. But they have all of that as well. And it's why I think it is so important to be in community, to even be in a place where someone like like me, if I am someone that you look up to in business in any way, where I can be more transparent about things that don't make sense in the broader context because not everyone who follows me on Instagram is an entrepreneur. And so it doesn't you know make sense to be sharing some of these things. And then finally, phase five of Elegant Excellence, the lesson is, It has to be and grow more sustainable or we will burn out. Our business has to ultimately support our lives and our families. It isn't easy. It is a sacrifice. There isn't going to be some perfect map that someone can show you steps 1 through 12 exactly what to do. But burnout is so real and it is such a critical part of it that we not just be talking about the strategy, how do we make a better sales page, how do we increase our copy, you know, what's our signature method, how do we do the finances and the legal and all of that stuff, but also how do we process our emotions, how do we you know, balance our mindset? How do we have peace and confidence in our decision making? All of that part, it is just as much the mental and emotional health as it is the business wisdom and acumen. And it truly requires both of them. So if that speaks to you and if you are a fellow entrepreneur, I would be so honored for you to swipe up, get on the list. Our Elegant Excellence Mastermind is accepting applications right now at the top of December for a limited window for 2021. Swipe up and check out the website that I've put in the description below this episode. 
Truly, it would be my honor to help you make this journey so much easier for yourself than it was for me. Humbly share as much as I can about everything that I have been through and learned to make it a little bit easier, less overwhelming, less lonely for you with an invitation that is absolutely affordable and attainable and inclusive for so many. So if that is you, swipe up and join us below. And if you are not called to to entrepreneurship and you have listened to today's episode, I want you to know that we need so many more people in the world than entrepreneurs. We need kindergarten teachers and nurses and a myriad of different people out there. So thank you for uh, trusting your heart with what your calling is. And I hope that today also inspired, edified, and encouraged you in whatever the call God or the universe has placed on your life. Oh, wait. One more thing. Don't miss this. Before you go, love. P.S. Something I'm loving lately is my new baby niece, Annabelle Jane. You guys, she was six weeks old when we met her eh, about a week ago. Two weeks ago? I'm losing track. Um, I had seen photos. I had seen videos every day. Oh my gosh. She was so much cuter in person. I mean, I don't want to say that she's not photogenic, but she was just so much cuter in person. Maybe she had gotten cuter just overnight, you know, before I met her. Maybe she just had a cute growth spurt right before we met her. Um, But Jeremy and I are obsessed. Something I'm also loving lately is we don't, however, have baby fever. It's kind of this amazing in-between where we're both like, um, we're obsessed with this child. Also, we're cool with the fact that neither one of us you know sometimes as a couple one person's like super into something and the other one isn't we're both on the same page we're not having the baby fever but oh my gosh we love her so much she is so stinking adorable and um you know my niece and nephew are like five and seven they're a little crazy so also by comparison we're just like you will always be perfect you will always be calm you will never throw toys you will be zen i'm just like whispering and prophesying all of this little zenness over her so we are so grateful that we had the means to be able to quarantine for two weeks to know that we could safely see family and now we are in another airbnb with my mom down by my sisters so we could spend more time with uh, my sister's family and the kids while we were already out here make the most of the trip and also give my mom kind of a little you know staycation uh, a couple hours away from home and so she is she's never stayed in an airbnb before so she is loving it um and she loves jeremy so we're just having a really good time down here and i just acknowledge for the gabillionth time how many people are away from family and how hard that is and how grateful and blessed we are to be able to do that and oh my gosh guys babies just are precious and they make everything better so I am super grateful for her. I am super grateful for you that you are here, that you are present. If you are an entrepreneur, I would be so incredibly grateful to have the honor of journeying with you through 2021 and beyond in growing your business. So swipe up, check out the link below, and pretty, pretty please take a moment to leave a review of this podcast. It would mean so much to me if this has blessed you. And then, as always, I will see you over on Instagram and especially Instagram stories with grace and gumption. next Wednesday.